welcome to Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, a podcast presented by East Brentwood Presbyterian Church. We are in the season of Lent, and Lent can sometimes get a negative reputation. It's viewed as the season in our faith when we give things up, when we prepare for the worst. However, here at EBPC, we cannot help but imagine that God wants more for us than just six weeks of discipline or six weeks without chocolate. Perhaps God wants a life for us so expansive that faith, joy, and hope flow over the edges. So join us as we explore a faith that is full to the brim this Lent. Palm Sunday begins Holy Week, the final week of Jesus' life. And Holy Week begins with Jesus riding a colt into Jerusalem. Hi, I'm John Hilly, and joining me is Nate Strasser, and thank you for listening to Music Word, Hope, and Prayer. And I want to especially thank those who may be listening for uh, to this podcast for the first time, as normally you watch us on live stream. Yeah, we had some issues with our internet, but we still gathered in person, and we processed in with the palms. It was great energy in the crowd. We had beautiful weather so we could sort of enjoy the outside before and process in with some of the great hymns of Palm Sunday. I mentioned that we're in Holy Week, and all of Holy Week points toward the passion, the death, and resurrection of Christ. And significant during the week that we are in is Monday, Thursday, and then there's Good Friday. Uh, We're going to have a Monday, Thursday service here. Monday is the Latin word for commandment. It's the commandment of let us love one another um, that Jesus gives to his disciples as they're around the final meal together. And for us, it's going to be in person at 6 p.m. and also on live stream, and it will be a simple Vesper service. Uh, This Holy Week provides an opportunity to undertake a pilgrimage of renewed commitment and joy to travel Christ's path of servanthood. Through the Lord's Supper on Thursday, the suffering of the cross on Good Friday as we move towards Easter. Nate, uh, tell us about what's happening on Easter musically. Yeah, we have two services, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. The 11 o'clock will be the music-heavy one with brass, our choir, our praise band, and our bell choir, as, long as, uh, as well as some guest musicians joining us as well. Mm, and then that 9.30 is a, a kind of a child-focused uh, Easter service. Uh, which means it's going to be brief, 9.30 to just after 10 o'clock, and it's going to be at our barn, Easter at the barn. And uh, that should be a, a fun little uh, service to be part of, and then we'll be on a extravaganza at 10.15. Hey, Nate, let me ask you uh, and the listeners a question. So the scripture story describes a very chaotic scene and emphasizes that Jesus rides an animal that has never been ridden before, uh, a young colt. And uh, the different gospel passages describe it in different ways. It, but what we know is that it doesn't buck. It doesn't kick. It doesn't try to head to the hills and throw the rider off. And here's my question, Nate. What do you know about donkeys, mules, horses? I know very little. I did go on a field trip with my son Simon last week, so we learned a little bit about the differences. Um, they actually use donkeys as protectors of um, some of the other livestock because they have big mouths. Um, but that's about all I know about that, and I only know that because I went on a field trip. But the rest of if it's not music, I really don't know much about it. <laughs> Well, good. We go uh, and cover many different subjects here in this podcast. Last week, we were talking about Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and his wonderful Ode to Joy. And Nate, you you weighed in. uh, uh, Thanks for field trips there. That let us us know a little bit more about uh, animal husbandry. And yes, indeed, they they are very protective animals. And uh, hey, I didn't know a whole lot about the difference 
differences between a horse, a donk, and a mule, but fortunately, there are people who do, and one of whom is Clay Newcomb. He's a seventh-generation Arkansan that grew up in the Washita Mountains, just north of where I lived as a boy in uh, along the Washita River in northeast Louisiana. And he's podcaster of this incredibly popular podcast, Bear Grease. That's right, Bear Grease. I'll leave it to Newcomb to describe what he means with this podcast. But he's an expert on these animals, especially mules and training mules. And what he had to say is that a horse is easily trained and once broken will do what it is told, mostly. A military leader in that time and place would have been on a horse in biblical times. A donkey, the great protector, is originally from the Mediterranean area, more sure-footed than a horse. And a mule is a cross between a female horse and a male donkey. Mules, Nate, are the most sure-footed of them all. And what makes a male unique is that it is a all about self-protection. A mule is all about self-protection. It's not going to cross a river unless it knows it's not going to drown, which makes it hard to train. And also, it gets the name stubborn as a, what is it? A mule. Stubborn stubborn as a mule. mule. And because of self-protection, if you don't train it right, it doesn't want to go where it doesn't want to go. And now the term colt is used to describe a young male horse, a donkey, or a mule. And here's another thing they have in common, is that they require training before a human can ride any of them. So Jesus is kind of a colt whisperer, a donkey whisperer. And in this episode, I paint a picture of Jesus, not just as a colt whisperer, but a person whisperer too, a crowd whisperer. Throughout the season of Lent, our theme has been full to the brim behind this theme of certain questions, such as what kind of people do we want to be in the aftermath of this challenging time? Because we have felt diminished and there's a hunger to live a more full and graceful life. And these questions follow us into Holy Week, that we want something different, do we? You say you want to find the sacred. You say you are tired of walking alone. Well, Palm Sunday says you're in luck. God is waiting for you here, right here, deep in your gut, in that place inside of you, where the very stones will cry out if you are silent. All glory, laud, and honor. Hey, the scripture passage I'm working with today is Luke 19, 28 through 40, and you'll find a link in the episode description to that passage. I'll be paraphrasing this short story, and I look forward to sharing a reflection on this Jesus, the people whisperer, the crowd whisperer, after the opening prayer and musical piece from Nate. Yeah, for the music in this podcast, I'm sort of the king of medley. So I'm going to bring in a medley that combines Palm Sunday, that combines uh, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday into a little bit of Easter here, just to give you that journey in the scope of everything of the, the Passion Week that's ahead of us. All right. Should be a good one. So here is the prayer. Oh God, as this holiest of weeks unfolds before us and we retrace the suffering and the death of Jesus and claim once again the promise of resurrection, We pray that you would seal in our hearts the message of these holy days, that in Jesus you are with us, and for us in all things, even suffering, even death, and that in Jesus you have overcome every power that would hurt or destroy. Gratefully we pray. Amen.
The Palm Story, as Luke tells it, it starts in a peculiar fashion. As Jesus prepares to enter Jerusalem, he dispatches two disciples to secure a ride. And Jesus gives them instructions. Go into the next village. There you will find a colt that has never been ridden. Bring me that colt. And if anyone asks, just tell them the Lord needs it. And so the disciples go. And sure enough, they find the colt. And sure enough, someone asks, hey, hey, why are you untying the colt? And the disciples respond that the Lord needs it which is enough to allay the bystanders' fear that this is not donkey thievery. This is God's work, so be off with you. And with that, Christ's followers go on their way. And what is peculiar is that Palm Sunday starts out in a really calm and courteous fashion. But it doesn't stay that way. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, people begin to gather and then begin to talk, and something stirs their spirits. They get excited. Luke says there was a, quote-unquote, whole multitude. Picture that, a multitude of people excited as they are together, excited about this guy, Jesus. And picture people hoisting homemade signs, Roman tanks, I mean chariots, go home. They chant of all the things that they could chant, Bible verses from the Psalms, blessed is the coming of the king. It becomes a march and they are clumping around the rider at the center of the parade, let's make him king. Uh, Of course, such a description comes with some risk, especially when there is already a king. Herod Antipas already has that designation. And other gospel texts uh, about this important parade remind us that Herod has come into Jerusalem for Passover from his palace in the Galilean hillsides and brought with him a legion of Roman troops. And then there's the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, who resides in Jerusalem. And remember that this is the time of the Pax Romana, a forced peace under the heavy boot of the Roman army. This little parade has probably caught their attention. How cute, they must have thought. They're calling Jesus king. Let's prepare a fitting welcome for this new ruler, a special crown for the new king. And so working this story in our Bibles, we notice the crowd presses on in this story Caught up in the enthusiasm of the moment, tired of business as usual, the people press on. They act like things are going to change. Ain't going to nobody let me turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't going to let nobody turn me around. Marching down to freedom land. Well, let me press pause here and ask you, And uh, let me ask you, what do you think about crowds? And these days, do you like being in a crowd or do they make you nervous? Do you trust a crowd? I mean, we, we, we spent the last two years avoiding crowds. People have been hesitant to come back into a group setting. Uh, I, kids have been hesitant to come back into our little gathered groups. Um, oftentimes the kids have forgotten the names of other kids they used to know and play with. And then, you know, we don't trust some crowds. I, I get nervous around the ones that are growing in number and voice that 
go into school board meetings, the, the ones that are fusing worship music with political action of the American right, powered these days by a sense of divine purpose as people find spiritual sustenance in political action, as people take to the streets fusing together church and state. And if you look back in 2020, not only were we concerned that in crowds the virus circulated, there was also the concern that there were stories that were shared as people marched who wanted their stories to be shared and they were different than our own and we didn't know what to do with that. Black Lives Matter crowds in 2020 or in 2021, there was the January 6th crowd. Crowds and people in crowds. It can get unpredictable. And from my work in crisis management formerly, I would always tell my sons when they go to concerts, always know where the exits are. Now, some say crowds can be wise. In fact, James Zarecki wrote a book about the wisdom of crowds. And his thesis was that large crowds are collectively smarter than individual experts. Collectively, there's power in sharing knowledge that's not commonly known. The wisdom of crowds can overcome the bias of a small subset of people, he would say. Well, about that crowd on that day, back in biblical times, I'm not sure the crowd had any idea what was about to come. And what's more, I wonder, they don't know Jesus. Not not really. Jesus was never going to turn out to be their kind of king. This week, and as we're underway with Holy Week, just flip ahead in your Bibles. They don't want a countercultural peacenik riding an untamed colt. In Luke 23, after the buzz of the moment has worn off, they don't want Jesus. They want a warrior. They want a rebel commander who will overthrow the Romans. When given a chance between a brutal bandit and a gentle Jesus, they're going to chant, give us Barabbas. Now, for years and years, speaking as I have on Palm Sunday, my working assumption has been don't trust the crowds. Crowds are fickle. And look at the breadth of stories about crowds in this good book, and crowds often end up being mistaken when it comes to godly things and when it comes to Jesus. And at the heart of this story, Jesus enters into the chaos of the holy city, uh, astride on an unbroken colt, an animal that has never been ridden. Again, Jesus is the colt whisperer. And the gospel writers describe Jesus riding through Jerusalem on this unusual steed. He's weaving through the streets of this violent city. Uh, Jerusalem, a Jerusalem, remember him saying, a city that kills its prophets. And he looks at the crowd with compassion and finds a people, I suspect, full of pain, swimming in fear, people at a loss to fix the broken pieces in their lives, places where they could not seem to piece together, things back together, the fractured relationships, the shattered dreams. Jesus, the people whisper. Because Jesus looks at them and the people are 
seen. They felt seen and they shout out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, Scott Black Johnson uh, is a pastor of Fifth Avenue Press in New York City, and he generally assesses crowds with the same distrust that I have been prone to have. But I like what he wrote in a journal recently, where he wrote, there are many times in the Gospels and in life when the crowds are wrong. But then he suggests, and it's my own suggestion, suggestion to you, that Palm Sunday is not one of those times that the crowds get it wrong. When Jesus rides into town, they look at him astride this colt, gentle and humble of heart, gazing on Jerusalem, and they say, yes. Yes, finally, yes, maybe he is the one. What one? The king, the Messiah who will be the one who will save us. And at that moment, at that brief Palm Sunday moment, the people's hearts kick every other possibility to the side and they shout, this is the king we want. This is the ruler our hearts seek. This is the vision and the values we want to build society around. And in that time and in our time, we say enough with the politics of hatred, the fear-mongering, the sowing of mistrust between race and class. Enough with violence. Enough with um, um, all that seeks to minimize. And until his rule happens in the lives of individuals, peace will evade us all. So, and what is more, as I look at this Palm Sunday text, it has something to say about the push-push of life we're back into and of how we personally want something different. We want gentleness. We want humility. We want love to reign over us. And they waved their palms that day. We waved our palms this day. They want the deep, not the shallow. We want the deep, not the shallow. Because I, I remember back in 2020, uh, when, when we had a chance to slow down and people caught their breath and they said, I, I want something different. And, and now it seems like we're back into our old patterns of push, push, push. Palm Sunday crowd will abandon both their ideals and their ideal ruler. They will give up their hopes for a different world and they will turn their backs on their rulers, their souls once yearned to put on the throne. They will forget this crystalline moment. They will cry out for a bandit, just like we, I think, in a way, have forgotten all that we wanted to do back during the time of the reset when we wanted a deeper peace. Doesn't take long. It doesn't take much. It really doesn't, does it? And maybe this is inevitable, but before we lapse into a defeatism, Palm Sunday begs us to linger a bit. So linger with me just for a moment. And here's a question You say you're looking for God, you say you want something different. You say you want to find the sacred. You say you're tired of walking alone. Well, Palm Sunday says you're in luck. 
God is waiting for you here, right here, deep in your gut, in that place inside of you where if you were silenced, the very stones would cry out, all glory, laud, and honor. You, this crowd, we, we have the capacity to get it right. We, we have the capacity to push past entrenched anger and fear and to embrace a different way. It, it, it's there in our heart of hearts. It's there in that place inside you, willing to be full for love. It's, it is there wherever and whenever a shout of joy cannot be restrained. And it is there when the tears of possibility run down your face. And yes, there is always going to be cantankerous voices that say, tell them to stop. There's always. I was having breakfast with somebody the other day, and I'm an old white guy. He's an old white guy. And he says, there's always people out there, and it's usually old white guys that say, stop. <laughs> and some of the Pharisees, it says in the passage, said to him, teacher, order your disciples to stop. And Jesus answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. It's not the first time we've heard that cry from the street. Because justice will bubble up. Hope will raise its head. Love will rise to the surface. Hate and fear will try to drown them out. But you cannot silence what was here first, which is love. And it is good. And it is so good that even the stones will cry out. So remember that crowd at your parade. And today, listen to that part of yourself. Listen to that part of yourself that longs to run alongside a gentle man, this horse whisperer, this donkey whisperer, this people whisperer. Friends, I've prepared a, an affirmation for us on this Holy Week, and now let it be our prayer. We believe in a God of surprises. We believe that there are things we may never understand, but we believe that even in the mystery, God is there. We believe in giving what we have. We believe that actions of generosity change us. We dare to believe that these small acts can change the world. We believe in a God of good news. And we believe this good news is so good that we cannot help but sing. We believe there will be forces that will try to silence what is just, good, hopeful, and generous. We do not believe those voices will have the last word. We believe at the end of the day, love finds a way. We believe. Help our unbelief. Thank you for joining East Brentwood Presbyterian Church today for music, hope, word, and prayer. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, our commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, or to support this ministry with a financial contribution, visit us at our website, ebpctn.org, or visit us on Facebook at East Brentwood PC, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. EBPC videos.